I can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? This is, this is, this is. God knows what happened that night. These people saying this guy was justified in helping dismember and dispose of this girl's body are ridiculous. I, mean, I would hate to say anything about a dead person's body, but the whole story, they made some girl look like a good girl, and some man look like a very, very evil man, and it's nothing like this. Cops and prosecutors, they painted a picture. These uh, detectives, cops, and prosecutors, they, it wasn't even about whether you're innocent or guilty. They just they wanted to make him guilty and rolled with it and did whatever they could to, to make that story come true. They believed in liars, they, they hid evidence, suppressed evidence, they all kinds of stuff, which has made documentaries that were false, that didn't have all the facts right. There's so much, so much here that, that needs to be exposed, and John's a, he's got it all now, though. The judicial system needs a great overhaul. And the way these prosecutors and detectives, they just went with what they, they said, hey, let's go with it, let's take these words. Let's make a case and let's let's frame a man. That's basically what happened. My friend got framed. I, I really don't think John holds any hard feelings against Bill Brown because that's how John is. I know the like the Brown family. All them cats are full of shit. They're all liars. They're all con artists. They'll say whatever they gotta say to save their own ass. Yeah, I know. We're so back backwards. It's not even funny. You respect us. Look. Because I wouldn't eat flesh with kerosene on it, let alone flesh at all. So 
That just seems weird. Uh, I think they made him look like the worst person he could ever possibly be, like a Jeffrey Dahmer type guy. Nothing like that. It just doesn't make sense to me, so. Will the jury find the defendant, John Ortiz Beagle, guilty of first degree premeditating? <laughs> Hello, this is a prepaid debit call from John Kehoe, an inmate at the Michigan Department of Corrections, Muskegon Correctional Facility. From a 7 by 10 foot cell of a Michigan prison. I am John Ortiz Kehoe, and welcome to Creating a Cannibal. Creating a Cannibal is a podcast dedicated to exposing the truth behind the wrongful conviction that left me labeled as a monster and sent me to die in prison. Now, for the first time, you are about to hear the true story of what happened inside and outside of the courtroom. I'll reveal the names of witnesses who took the stand and tell you what they said. You'll find out who was actually involved and learn about the role they played in framing me for a crime I didn't commit. For 20 years, I was silenced by the concrete walls and razor wire that surrounds me. And for 20 years, the media ran with the one-sided version of this case, a version that is full of distorted evidence and outright lies. They gave you sensational headlines, but me, I'm giving you the truth. Pay close attention to the details of Bill Brown's testimony, because when you're not mesmerized by his thrilling story, you'll realize nothing he says adds up. I'm still wondering why he said we took a shower together. Was it some sort of secret fantasy of his? He would have got a stiff back the fuck up if I was in the shower and he tried to climb in. But why would he even need a shower, when according to his own story, he never had sex? Remember, he said it himself, he couldn't get it up. And now his tall tale is about to get taller as he shifts the blame and accuses me of doing what he told so many people he did. This is Creating a Cannibal, Episode 6, A Campfire Story. The prosecution's star witness, Bill Brown, shocked the jury with his chilling story of how he claimed Ms. Larner was killed. Brown accused John Ortiz Kehoe of being solely responsible for her death. And according to Bill Brown, he only helped John Ortiz Kehoe cover up the crime because he was afraid that John would kill him too. Brown told the jury, that John's plan for disposing of Ms. Larner's body, had too many flaws. Bill Brown said he wanted to cremate Ms. Larner's entire body, and he advised John, they do it, at his parents' lakeside property in northern Michigan. The property was located on Island Lake, in Gladwin County, Michigan, and was used by the Browns for their family camping trips. Bill Brown said the lakeside property was perfectly secluded, and it was not out of the ordinary for a bonfire to be built there. The two men gathered Ms. Larner's personal effects, along with an axe, shovels, and two cans of gas, then loaded everything into a compact Nissan that was parked in the garage of the Albion home. 
The men drove over 100 miles from the house in Albion, to the Browns Island Lake property. Once they arrived, the men built a bonfire, and placed the plastic barrel containing Ms. Larner's body onto the searing flames. Brown said he diligently poured gasoline onto the fire while he watched Ms. Larner's body burn, until only the ashes remained. However, before the fire had completely consumed Ms. Larner's body, Bill Brown claimed that John cut off a bit charred meat from the last piece of Ms. Larner's remains and ate one bite. Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey questioned Bill Brown about the sandwich, asking Brown, Where did John get the bread from? Did you stop somewhere before you made it to your parents' property? Once again, the prosecutor was providing Brown with the answer to his own question. Bill Brown replied, by saying that, he and John, stopped at a small store in Gladwin and purchased some lunch meat, mustard, and a loaf of bread. Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey asked Bill Brown, if he too ate a piece of flesh. Brown said that John asked him to take a bite, but Bill Brown insisted, that he refused. Bill Brown then claimed, that John pulled a four-inch piece of leg bone from out of the fire, and hollowed it out while the men tended to the fire. Brown said, that John pocketed the bone, and took it with them when the two men left. Bill Brown described how he and John dumped most of the ashes off of the dock into the lake, and scooped the remainder of the ashes into trash bags. The bags were then emptied in various locations along the side of the road, as the two men drove from the Browns Lakeside property to Big Rapids, Michigan, where John's brother lived with his roommates. Brown told detectives, that when John's brother answered the door and saw the condition that he and John were in, John's brother told them, Don't tell me anything, I don't want to know. Bill Brown testified, that neither he, nor John, told John's brother, or his roommates, the details of what happened to Ms. Larner. Not long after their arrival, Brown said he fell asleep, and when he awoke, the Nissan they arrived in was gone, and the Chevy truck belonging to John's brother, was back at the house in Big Rapids. When Bill Brown was asked, who drove to Albion and switched the vehicles, Brown said, he didn't know. Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey then asked Brown, if he knew what happened to the bone that John kept from the bonfire. According to Bill Brown, John was sticking marijuana-filled cigars in one end of the bone, and was smoking them from the other end. Brown stated that John also convinced everyone at the house to smoke from the bone with him. When Brown was asked, if he too smoked from the bone, Brown said no. Shockingly, even though Brown identified several of the men he claimed participated in this disturbing act, Assistant Prosecutor Kelsey refused to call any of those men, as witnesses to verify Bill Brown's story. However, 20 years later, after reading the transcript of Bill Brown's courtroom testimony, all of the men who Brown accused of smoking from the bone, adamantly insist, that Bill Brown lied about what happened. Each of the men also agree, that if they would have been called to testify during John's trial, they would have assured the jury, that Bill Brown was not telling the truth. Defense attorney Jerome Sabota attacked Brown's credibility, and questioned him about his history of lying to the police. Bill Brown admitted, that he lied to the police because he didn't want to be charged with Ms. Larner's murder. He also admitted, that his family and friends created alibis for him at his request. It was then, 
that Bill Brown gave a statement that abruptly stopped the trial. Brown stated, that if he hadn't passed a polygraph examination, he would have been charged with murder. Defense attorney Jerome Sabota immediately stood, and asked the judge for a mistrial to be granted. Sabota told Judge Miller, that because polygraph examination results are not admissible in a court of law, the judge had barred the defense from mentioning John's polygraph results. Now, with Bill Brown saying he passed a lie detector test, the jury would think that John must have failed the test, which wasn't true. Judge Miller however stated, that too much time and too many resources had already been put into the trial, and therefore, he was not going to grant Sabota's request for a mistrial. And so, the trial continued. Bill Brown was allowed to step down, and assistant prosecutor Kelsey, prepared to call his supporting witnesses to the stand. When Bill Brown made those outrageous allegations about me eating that sandwich and keeping the bone, he took the defamation of my character to another level. But why would he say that? Well, when Bill Brown initially came forward, he was backed into a corner. Everything the police had pointed at him, and he was about to be charged with murder. The prosecutor asked him, saying that he was bragging about being a cannibal. Bill Brown's response was, oh no, that was John. So he tells the jury that I'm the monster. And to make sure I'm completely fucked, Judge Stephen P. Miller wouldn't grant a mistrial when Bill Brown said he passed the polygraph test. Of course, the judge wouldn't let the jury see my test results, you know, level the playing field a little. Instead, the jury was left thinking that Bill Brown's story was backed up by a lie detector. But let me shed some light on his test results. One of the four questions Bill Brown was asked during his polygraph examination was did you and John make any stops other than in DeWitt to buy gas when you drove from the house in Albion to your parents' property in Gladwin? Bill Brown answered no, and he passed. But according to his trial testimony, we supposedly stopped at some store in Gladwin and bought that bread. So tell me, when is he lying? When he passed the polygraph or when he talked about that sandwich? I'll give you a hint. Bill Brown is always lying. Next time, in episode 7, The Brown Family and Friends. Thank you for listening to Creating a Cannibal, an MRI production. Make sure you follow me on social media and check out my blog for a more in-depth look at how I was framed. Creating a Cannibal is a podcast produced under Emerald Productions. Gerardo G. Gonzalez Jr., Robert D. Tab and Lucas Sampson are editorial advisors, Emerald Santos our executive producer and the one who mixed our show. Our theme music are I Can See It, composed by Dark Sun and Dubs Up, composed by Ari De Niro. Our website is creatingacannibal.wordpress.com. Special thanks to Mr. John Ortiz Kehoe for sharing his side of story. Also visit John's blog website where you can see documents from the case, johnortiz-kehoe.blogspot.com. Thank <laughs> you.